Hi, my turtle doves. Good afternoon. How are you? How are you? How are you? It is November 1st, 2021. Hello, November. Beautiful, beautiful November. Um, one of my favorite months, and not just because it's my birthday month, but um, this is the beginning of all the festivities and all of the house, um, all of the holidays. The time of year where everyone is thankful for something or someone and people come together and they try to put their best foot forward, which I wish we can be that way throughout the entire year, but we don't get, we don't always get what we wish for. Um, I remember once upon a time I was doing like podcasts every two days or something like that. And I was like always on here. Um, always having revelations, always, you know, just having something to talk about, um, having an experience and always able to give an encouraging word no matter what I was going through. Um, however, I've just been in a place where everything seems to be changing and transitioning. Nothing feels the same. And I am a creature of habit. I do like things to stay the same. I like to wake up at the same time, leave the house at the same time, do the same things without too much of a stir up. But everything, everything in my life seems different. And that is from, you know, friendships and relationships to my home, to my job, um, to my family. Everything just seems totally different. And I am trying to adjust to it. Um, I am grateful. I'm still grateful because, um, you know, you wake up in the morning and you think things are going to be one way, but then they change. And, you know, I, I still find a way to say, you know, God, I have to do this, but I thank you that I'm able to do it because the alternative is not being able to do it, which I thank God that's not my case. You know, I thank God that I can pay my rent. I thank God that I can put $50 in gas in my car. I thank God that I can go and grocery shop and buy all the healthy things that I need, no matter how much triple times expensive it is compared to eating unhealthy. So there's always a silver lining in the sky. There's always the sun that comes out after the rain or when it's cloudy, you can still see the sun contending with the darkness trying to come out. So I just thank God that I am able to um, feel the discomfort of changing. Um, my pastor, she always says, God is stretching you and it hurts. Um, and then there's another song by Jacqueline Carr. She talks about how the olive has to go through beating and bruising before you can get the oil from it. And so, you know, and that's the extra virgin olive oil, how the olive has to go through so much um, rigorous beating and changing and transitioning in order to be something so good as the olive oil that we use to put on our food or even sprinkle it on some bread or drizzle it over a soup. And then that same olive oil can be used and blessed to anoint a person, um, to 
to anoint a person's head. You know how the Bible says we anoint, he anoints our head with oil. So um, I, this is an impromptu, so to speak, podcast, just because I was just sitting here at my table and I was writing down a couple notes and I'm having like the toughest time trying to bring it all in together. But I do pray and believe that God will make a way. I believe that I am a willing vessel. And he himself said that I don't want you to know what you're going to say when you get there. As long as you get there. And when you do, I will give you the word. So I'm praying that tomorrow when it's time for me to do the encouraging word um, for Tuesday that God does bless me with everything that I need to say. Um, I I can share a little bit with you. I believe that that's more so what I was here to do, just to kind of get it out the way that I, I, and for some reason, it's not coming out on paper the way that it is in my brain, because I understand where I'm trying to go with it, but it's not flowing the way that it should, which is also the way that my job is going. Um, my words are there, but it's not flowing the way that it should. And my pronunciation and the way that I flow, it's not coming out, you know, and I'm a very talkative person, but I guess that's more so when I'm talking about things from my brain or I'm talking about God or something like that. And then that's when the words just come. So this morning I was driving in my car. And I just heard one silent word, which was pity. And you know how you hear people use a word, you use a word, but you never really like once went and look up the definition of the word. So I went and I Googled the definition of pity. And the textbook definition of pity says the feeling of sorrow and compassion caused by the suffering of others. That doesn't seem bad, right? It sounds like a person has empathy and they feel bad because of what you're going through. And then there's the definition of compassion, which pity is the feeling of compassion. And compassion is a sympathetic pity and concern for the sufferings of others. That doesn't sound too bad either, now does it? Then you go into the word sorrow, which, like I said before, that pity is the feeling of sorrow. And it says that the word sorrow is a feeling of deep distress caused by loss. So I went on throughout the day just pondering on it back and forth. And I'm just like, what's so bad about the word pity? Because if a person pities you, that means that they feel bad for what you're going through. You know, and 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 they they just they they feel bad and they have compassion, which is a feeling, um, a sympathetic pity and concern for the sufferings of you, right? So then, I was like, you know, if the word pity is not that bad, let's go see what self pity is. And self pity is an emotion directed towards others with the goal of attracting attention, empathy, or help, and one in which a person feels sorry for themselves. 
Ding, ding, ding. That's where it is right there. Do you really want a person to feel sorry for you? There's so many different sayings where a person says, oh, you're so pitiful, or oh, how I pity you, or I feel, you know, I feel sorry for you. And, and just to have a person say that I feel sorry for you, that seems like my, I was talking to my pastor. My pastor said the word pity just seems derogatory. <laughs> and I actually agree with that. Um, as I was going through the definitions, I just kept saying, what's wrong with a person pitying you? It's just empathy. It's empathy. But then what happens when you go into self-pity and you feel sorry for yourself and you're seeking attention and you're seeking empathy and help from someone else? Um, and it says that it is an emotion. And we know that we can't do things out of our emotions because our emotions are liars. Our emotions cause us to do things that we really shouldn't or wouldn't be doing. Imagine pitying someone and out of this emotion of pity, you step in and you try to save them from a situation that God placed them in that is to grow them that is to grow them, help them, or move them out of a position of um, negativity and into the actual position that God has, you know, has called them to be. You know, the, the Bible says that, for I know the plans that I have towards you. And before, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. So imagine God putting someone in a situation that is just so rough that they have no choice but to do it anyway, you know, despite of everything that they've been through, despite of all of the problems, the trials and the tribulations and the hard times that God put them in this place. And, and I wrote something on Facebook earlier today that says that God already filled the vessel with oil. However, once you go through the trials and the tribulations and the hard times, that's what cracks the vessel and allows your oil to flow. And it's a beautiful thing once your oil finally starts to flow and you're able to just operate in what God called you to. So... Imagine pitying someone, this emotion of pity and sorrow and feeling bad for them that you then enable them or hinder them from moving the way that they're supposed to. Um, I was reading and then, you know, as I began to Google, I, that's my friend. Google is my friend because you can find out everything you need to know in a matter of seconds. But as I began to Google, um, I was taken to Job. I, I was brought to Job. And Job went through some stuff. And I believe I spoke about Job before. Job is the guy who God said to the devil, have you considered my servant Job? And he said, do whatever you want to him. Just don't kill him because 
you know, he, he no, the, the devil doesn't have the authority to do anything unless God gives him permission. So God says, you can do whatever you want to. And I guarantee you that he won't curse my name. And Job began to curse the day that he was born. Um, Say things like, why were there knees to receive me and breasts to nurse me? And he went into a place of self-pity because of all of the things that God allowed Satan to do to him. And it was, and you may think, what? God allowed the devil to do something. Um, <clears throat> sorry, that's crazy. You may think, what? God allowed the devil to, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> You may think, what? God allowed the devil to do something to someone, and nothing happens unless he allows it. But he said, you can go ahead and touch him, but just don't kill him, and I guarantee you that he will not curse my name. And like I said, Job started to curse the day that he was born. He started to curse the breast that um, nursed him and the nurses that brought him into the world. And he just started to go through like a very long, it was a long pity party. And God let let it happen. You know, God let everything happen. Um, he was inflicted with, I believe it's leprosy. His children died. His ox died. Everything that he owned um, just basically went straight to heck. And even his wife and best friends would say to him, why don't you just curse God and get it over with? You know, just curse God and die. And that's something that Job never did. He cursed himself before he cursed God. And then one day, I, I would say that God got tired of listening to this man talk all of this trash about the beautiful thing that he created, which is Job himself and the work that God was trying to do. And he said to him, um, <clears throat> let me see. He said, who is this questioning my authority and wisdom? And then he tells Job, now gird up your loins like a man and I will ask and you will instruct me. And he began to ask Job a series of questions about the eagles in the sky. And were you there when I made the sun to shine on the earth? <clears throat> he asked him um, about the mountain lion. Are you there when they give birth? Do you know how long they carry their seed? And he just basically asked him simple things, simple wonders of the earth. The simple things that we don't think about when you breathe in, how your lungs take the oxygen and the blood and it travels throughout your body and allows your whole entire body to be oxygenated and all you did was simply take a breath. You Do you know the, um, the awesomeness of just taking a breath? How that one breath carries throughout your body and it causes you to live. Like you don't know the, the small wonders or the big wonders for that matter because one simple breath to you does so much inside of your body that you don't know how awesome that one breath is and God gave you that breath and here you are cursing the day that you were born because you're going through hardships. You're wallowing in self-pity. Um, and then it, I, I, I went on over again 
And and I, I would assume that this all would bring me back to John 11 and 4 when Lazarus died and Lazarus was sick actually and Jesus response was when he heard this Jesus said this sickness will not end in death no it's for God's glory so that the son of God may be glorified through it and then Romans 8 and 28 says, all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord that are called according to his purpose. And when God finally spoke in chapter 38, he says, who is this questioning my authority and my wisdom? And he was speaking, actually, actually the NIV version um, says, who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer. So who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? So as he was cursing the day that he was born, he didn't even notice that God had a plan that was working for the good of him who loved the Lord. God was actually getting the glory out of the situation and he allowed self-pity and the words that he was saying in self-pity, and then the pity that his friends and family had on him, that that they would say out of emotion, I feel sorry for you, kill yourself so that you can be free from all of this hardship. But one thing I can tell you is that God does not pity us because pity can hinder you. God is a merciful God. And I also, you know, of course, I would look up the definition of mercy and it says compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone who it is within one's power to punish or harm. God has the power to punish us. He has the power to harm us, but instead he shows compassion and forgiveness. And then there's mercy, which is courteous goodwill. Mercy is a matter of action. You can show an act of mercy. And the act of mercy is withholding the punishment that you know is due to a person out of forgiveness, out of mercy, out of grace. And I just want to thank God for his grace today because um, if it wasn't for his mercy, while we were having our pity party and doing all of the things that we were big enough and bad enough to do, just crying out for attention in the emotion of self-pity or the emotion of pity that someone else had that told me to go ahead and kill yourself and take yourself out of the misery or just go ahead and curse God and act like he doesn't exist so that you can be free from whatever pain, trial, tribulation, or thing that God is using to work for the glory of him. The very thing that God is using to work for the glory of him, the pity, the pity party that you're throwing, the self-pity, the pity from others that is trying to convince you to give up, that's trying to convince you that whatever it is that you're going through is not of God's will. And it can be very God, it can very much be God that's controlling the entire situation 
all so that he can get the glory and that you, like an olive, can be pressed, bruised, beaten, shaken so that you can become this beautiful, luxurious thing that everybody needs or not everybody needs olive oil, but the, like I said, the olive oil, the very same thing that was beaten, bruised, kicked, and broken down to become this amazing thing is also used to anoint the heads of people, to cast out demons, to anoint people to go into bright futures, to anoint people to be parents, to be pastors, to be um, ministers and evangelists. So I, I would assume that this thing, this this message, all is what God gave me because you don't want the pity of someone else. You don't want self-pity. You don't want any of those things <clears throat> that would get in the way of the good that God is using that's going to work out for him, to glorify him, the good that works for those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. God will get the glory out of every situation. So I beg you um, not to let self-pity get in the way um, of what God is trying to do. Um, Pastor Yvette, she gave a message and I actually wrote it down, wrote down some things that she said. and. Um, one of the things that she said was, if it is in this book that I can't find, of course I wouldn't be able to find it right now. Um, well, she said a few things. One of them is some have visions, but they have been dimmed by fear. And that's powerful in itself. And then it says they wanted to worship what they see, not what they heard. And you know that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Um, but I would assume, oh, she said that I didn't know I could do it until I had to do it alone. I didn't know I can do it until I had to do it alone. And you won't know if you can do it if you allow the pity of others to keep you in a place where they just feel so sorry for you. And now, because they feel sorry for you, now you're justifying the fact that you feel sorry for yourself and you're not doing anything, just sitting in pity. And pity is the worst place to be when you're trying to get to where God wants you to go. So um, I know that that was a lot. And I pray that it said something to someone and that it worked um, the way that I wanted it to work. Because, you know, they say you have to work the word. And I pray that I spoke something that made sense. That That's always <laughs> that's always one of my biggest things is that I pray, Jesus, that what I'm saying makes sense the way that you told me or the way that I heard it in my brain and that someone can get something from what I said and that it's just not like a bunch of rambling and confusion. So my turtle doves, there's always a challenge at the end of each podcast. And my challenge to you is to reject the pity 
reject the self-pity, reject the sorrow, reject anything that doesn't come with the act of mercy that God showed, that is in the form of an emotion that would hinder you to use the very thing that you're going through that would want you to pity yourself, the, the loss, the heartache, the heartbreak, the loss of the job, the loss of the funds, anything that will cause you to want to wallow in self-pity and have others look down on you and pity, reject it. And we need you to move forward despite of the trial, despite of the emotion, despite of what those around you would say. Some may say that you got a right to give up because Job definitely had a right, but he didn't. So I love you, my turtle doves, with all of the love that God placed inside of me. And like I said, I hope that it made sense at some point and that it wasn't just a bunch of rambling and confusion. I love you. I love you. I love you. Have a great night. Happy November. Bye-bye.